welcome to the Overdue Podcast, Episode 29. I'm Kelly, and with me today are my fellow Madison College librarians, Autumn. Hi. Matthew. Hi. Erica. Hello. And Mark. Hello. And our newest member of our Madison College library staff, Rachel C. Hello. Welcome. All right. Today, we will be discussing all the new things here at Madison College this year and over the last decade. Then we'll discuss our favorites from the past year and our favorites from the past decade. We will have trivial observations with Mark and our Anything Goes recommendations. All right, Mark, why don't you start us off with um, new things at the, with the new campuses? Sure. The phrase data-driven was very popular during the 2010s, but depending on how one interprets the data or how they want to use it, very different results can occur. I think that was definitely true with the building decisions of Madison College during the decade. The decade began with the decision to start a West Campus to serve a burgeoning population um, area. The old rural insurance building across the streets from Madison Memorial High School on one side and West Town Mall on the other side was leased with the intention of potentially buying a building or um, leasing another permanent West Campus later. In the fall of 2010, a library was put in the third floor of the West Campus building, and Autumn yeah. was there. Yeah, Autumn. that was where I started. Yeah, as well as uh, myself. Um, and I think Autumn would agree. For the first couple of years, the West Campus and its library were pretty busy. Yeah, and we had a lot of people coming in to study, and we had the coolest group study room. Yeah, we did. Definitely. We yeah. had an awesome view um, mm-hmm. with a, a pond and a fountain, which was mm-hmm. later taken out, and then mm-hmm. it was raw ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, a few years after the West expansion, Madison College added on extensively to the existing Truex campus uh, with some new buildings and also a new entrance to uh, the main Truex building. Included in the new entrance were sparkling new facilities for the library on the third floor and the Student Achievement Center on the second floor. Change came along, a new president, and along with him came new game plans for how the district would be served. The West Campus was closed in the spring of 2017, and the downtown campus was closed shortly thereafter in the spring of 2019 to pave the way for the newly built Goodman South Campus, which just opened this September. The Library and Student Achievement Center have a joint space on the first floor of the building and are staffed um, by one of our new guests today, uh, Rachel. Yep. yep. Um, and myself. <laughs> and Brandon. And, and Brandon Weisenhunt, <laughs> yep. So, predictions for what might happen in the future. Um, I'd be curious if anybody had any for the upcoming <laughs> decade. My uh, prediction is with the city of Madison's uh, all of a sudden really big interest in redeveloping the area around the old Oscar Meyer plant, uh, that future Madison College administration may be interested in further developing the Commercial Avenue oh. building. Yeah. And lot uh, that they currently own, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, sounds very feasible. That's, that's yeah. a good prediction. Good location. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So solar panels were installed in the summer of 2018 at the Truex campus. Um, we had a bird's eye view here, um, and we could hear it being installed as well. Um, it is the largest rooftop installation of its kind in Wisconsin, and um, there's a video. Uh, of a presentation given by Dr. Ken Waltz, a Madison College instructor, where he discusses rooftop solar systems and renewable energy here at Madison College. And you can find the video um, from the STEM Center under speakers. Um, And also, I saw an article um, uh, recently, the EPA recognizes Madison College for leading green power use in the, uh, that was in the Madison College newsroom. So... Speaking of fancy technologies like solar (laughs) panels, um, so in the library and student achievement centers, we have 
throughout the years seen many, many technologies that we thought were great um, to aid students. Um, we did, in fact, at one point have zip drives, and um, we true. we had um, five, uh, I think it was like 32 megabyte flash drives that we thought had so much space on them, and, um, you know, just a lot of equipment throughout the years that we've had for students. Well, luckily um, and thankfully, uh, we've been able to really spruce up our media collection. Um, as many students um, benefit from, we have many laptops and mobile devices and all sorts of cables and things, um, which we talked a lot about in our last last podcast. Um, but some new equipment that we have are mobile hotspots. Yeah, um, very popular. They have been very popular with students. Um, we have students that live in remote locations or maybe just simply can't afford Wi-Fi. Uh, so the college um, has provided the library with mobile hotspots with data connection, um, and we distribute them to students. They're pretty much always checked out. Um, we have them bundled with some Chromebooks that are also very popular, and we're trying to spruce up and increase that or bulk up that collection um, to help as many students as possible. I know in the regions it seems like they're uh, very popular, and we have many here at our Truex location um, that are almost always checked out. So I'm hoping that in this last year we added a lot of pieces of equipment for this media collection, and I'm hoping in the future here we can add some more and maybe some um, new devices, whatever. Any predictions? Predictions. Um it seems like the expectation, you know, the Chromebooks have really um, been popular. A lot of high, middle schools and high schools use Chromebooks, sure. so the transition for college students to use those here here makes sense. But I really think we're going to have to even bulk that up, so maybe full-blown laptop checkout, mm, okay. um, maybe increasing the amount of time, um, depending on, you know, program, um, program requirements as far as software that are... Um, needed for students to complete their homework, we might have to take that up at home too. So, not just you know, Chromebooks, which are pretty basic at this point, um, but do allow a lot of access. But we might have to bulk that up for sure. It's obviously very popular. So, all right. Do you have a prediction on our content management system uh, going forward? Is it how long mm. do you think we're going to be with Blackboard? Well, I know that there are people that are really invested in Blackboard. Obviously, it's been what the college has been using for a long time. I know that there are a lot of people interested in updating it, so that could be adding uh, new pieces, new components that will work better with it. Um, I haven't heard officially, though, that there's going to be any like major overhaul changes, but um, certainly... Um, things like wikis or streaming, um, uh, having streaming platforms, those components, even even if they're on their own or part of Blackboard, I think are going to be really important. Online classes, it seems like we have more and more every year, so these components are vital pieces there. So in the near future, maybe not so many changes, but there could be something out there that you know is sure. faster and better than Blackboard. So. Who knows? All right, so now it is time for our best of the year, 2019. Um, I think my favorite film so far this year is Jojo Rabbit, and I highly recommend it. Any, would you like me to elaborate? I don't even know what, what it about? is, Kelly. Okay. I, I thought it was, you know, very popular, but apparently not. Um, yeah, it's, and I can't pronounce the director's name. He's the New Zealand uh, Taika Waititi. Yes, very good. Very good. Yes, very good. Um, Yes, and it's a, a little boy growing up in Nazi Germany, and he's in the Hitler Youth, and his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler, which sounds gruesome, but it's very funny, it's very sweet, um, and it's very sad. Mm -hmm. um, so I recommend it highly. So it's not an animated film? It is no. not okay. animated. No. When you said the title, Jojo I thought sure. maybe it would be. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
Well, I have a book to um, recommend. Um, The first book that I read this year as one of my goals was to kind of try to read more um, fiction that was being released within the year uh, was My Sister the Serial Killer by (laughs) Oyen Kane Braithwaite, and I may have pronounced her name wrong. She's an African author. It's kind of a mystery story, but more of just straight-up fiction about two sisters, um, one of whom is a serial killer and has sure. relationship <laughs> troubles with a series of boyfriends who she decides to kind of do away with. But it's more so about the way that her sister deals with this. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a great book. It's very quick read. Okay. And even though, you know, you might not be into mysteries or anything that kind of sounds like true crime, it's not a true story. Um, but it's just a quick read and it's very interesting to get through. So I really liked it a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had a movie that I okay. wanted to put into the hat for yes, this year. Absolutely. I feel like regardless of whether it's something that you're personally interested in, I wanted mm. to give a shout out to Avengers Endgame just okay. for taking a series of movies that had been released since 2008 okay. and featuring every single character that has ever been in any of those movies and okay. giving them their own satisfying storyline. I feel like it was a pretty impressive feat of juggling all of the balls in play there. (laughs) Great. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, And not that I'm that big a fan of the genre, but it did a nice job of... Yeah, a lot of people seem to like it. It gets really good reviews. I enjoyed it. I I did as well, but we are big fans in our family, so just those genres of movies anyway. Wasn't it one of the largest grossing movies? In fact, I think it officially was the (laughs) largest because it just overtook Avatar by a very Uh small amount. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. For me, as far as films this year, um, because it was unexpected, um, I had been underwhelmed for a while by (laughs) Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. But uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. you know, Quentin Tarantino is not for everybody, and there's always right. some shocking stuff. However, there's not as much shocking stuff in this as you would oh, expect. Pretty tame. Um, and um, some really great performances, and in particular, Leonardo DiCaprio. I know. Is he's just wonderful. Really terrific. He has him. a scene where he's by himself for about, I don't know, five or six minutes, and it's so painful but so funny. <laughs> and, um, Tarantino, like in other films uh, he's done, ha- has a revisionist. Um, mm-hmm. um, and to the story, uh, but there's this overall theme that um, you know, uh, since the end of the '60s, we've just moved you know more and more into kind of a meaner area mm. era. Sure. And uh, I got from the film that uh, you know, um, had things gone perhaps a little bit different, sure. That you know, um, we. We could be sweeter, and um, <laughs> it, it, I, I never thought I would say that about a Quentin Tarantino right. film. Yeah, that, right. uh, it had sweet elements to it. Yeah, so if you seen and it, yeah. the friendship between um, the uh, Leonardo and uh, Brad Pitt was—it was very interesting. It was a very interesting mm-hmm. male relationship, mm-hmm. and yeah. Very, very good. I love the way they depicted 60s Hollywood yeah. in that. Yeah. And the just driving the car through town at night, mm-hmm. all of the neon signs, classic businesses, like the Whiskey A Go-Go, and like all these different mm-hmm. things that you could see. Mm-hmm. And it felt very oh, realistic. Great mm-hmm. attention to detail. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah. That, that I liked a lot. Yeah. M- Matthew, did you know film recommendations for you? I saw very few films so oh, far. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tickets to see Frozen 2, but I don't think that'll make any top ten lists. It might. The first one did. The the only thing I saw that I think was better than average was Booksmart. Okay, Mm -hmm. yep. It had its moments, yeah. I enjoyed it. I I don't have a film, and I know we're kind of going all over the the place, but maybe I'll segue to books. Yeah. Um, So I I have not read this, but I keep seeing it on the best of um, list, and I actually am not even really sure when it was published, but it keeps showing up on my recommended reading list for this year. Um, It's Testaments Mm. by Margaret Atwood. Yeah. And um, so I've I've read uh, Handmaid's Tale. 
Um, obviously, there's some resurgence and in interest in the book because of um, the Hulu original series, which is also very good, highly recommend. Um, and I feel like I've been sort of on this subject a lot lately. I think I even made a recommendation at our last podcast for the Handmaid's Tale graphic oh, novel, which right. was also yeah. very good. Um, so yeah, so I'm actually uh, sort of jumping on these best of the year bandwagon lists, I guess. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to check out Testaments, and hopefully I can give a good review later okay. on. I thought it was very good. Okay. I thought it was not as good as The Handmaid's sure. Tale, but that's such a bi- high bar that yeah. I was very satisfied with okay. it. Okay, well, good to know. In, in Autumn, you're big. I have mixed feelings about the show <laughs> because okay. it's so hard to watch, yeah. but I have enjoyed the show for sure, and it's definitely one of those shows that keeps you watching because you can't believe what's going on. Yeah, yeah. and it's, but it's hard to watch. Well, and it's clear that the show has obviously taken. Now, I have not read Testament, so I'm not sure, but has clearly taken a you know different approach and has mm-hmm. you know not not stayed true to. Um, the books so but still very interesting good yeah hard to watch for sure but very good all right well i'll just recommend a book um it's a young adult book which i don't read that much uh young adult fiction but it kept coming up on my uh, feed because i love world war ii uh stories about women and Mm -hmm. this was uh it's a story the war that saved my life by kimberly Mm -hmm. brubaker bradley and it's about a 10 year old disabled girl living in London during the Blitz, and she and her brother are evacuated to an English countryside uh, village. And it sounds like, oh, so pleasant. I mean, some unpleasant things are going on, but uh, it's it's a great story, and I really I liked it. And then there's a follow-up to it, too. And I think it's for ages like 9 through 12. Okay. Um, so I, I would recommend it to, to that age. I thought it was really it was fun. Any other books? I haven't read it yet, but a book I'm looking very forward to once I can get a, a hold of it, I guess I should just go out and buy it. It's <laughs> Poison Squad, the current mm-hmm. big read. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, Poison mm-hmm. Squad. And this is one of my favorite categories is a feel-good story. Does anybody have a feel-good story from this last year that... Hmm. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I think a feel-good story is, um, I might get her last name wrong, Greta Thunberg. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And her kind of bringing attention to the climate crisis uh, absolutely. is really kind of cool. You know, yeah. it's it's a terrible topic, but she's a young girl, and she's just really kind of an interesting person, and I think it's kind of nice and to see her out there brave, being vocal. Yes. You know, knowing some of the you know social media mm-hmm. uh, yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the not feel-good part of it, is all the trolling. <laughs> right. not, yeah. And I just want to avoid that and just look at she's a person she's a person who's out there speaking her truth and right. very publicly even though yes. she's only 14. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really cool. Can you imagine being so criticized no. at that age? It's, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, my feel-good story was I uh, several I happened upon several articles about the Waffle House, and um, there was there was a lot of stories, but I just picked out three. And um, uh, and the headlines were how Waffle House became became an unofficial authority for disaster affected mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. And so they, the I, I don't know if these are individually owned or if it's the corporations. Like we are really going to try hard after a hurricane to be open, and mm-hmm. you know, for it's a place for people can come and uh, you know charge their phones and eat and you know have a warm meal. So I thought that was great. And then there was another one where um, the a Waffle House in Alabama. Um, there was only one person on staff, mm-hmm. and they got busy. And then some customers jumped in behind the counter, started washing dishes, helping out, taking orders. And I thought that was great. And then also another one was Waffle House waitress helps customer goes viral, gets scholarship. And she was an 18 year old waitress there, and she. Uh, an elderly man was having some problems eating, and she sat down with them and helped him. Mm-hmm. And somebody took a picture, got on Facebook, and then somebody's going to pay for her college. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. Awesome. Kindness has broken out at the Waffle House. So, <laughs> I mean, 
Waffle House is awesome. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, and anybody who walks through a Waffle House store is happy. The food is amazing. And actually, I've been to several in Alabama. Oh, yeah. So maybe I've been to that, <laughs> that, that one you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and it's I don't know what benefits they give their employees, but I've never met an yeah. employee that was unhappy. You know, they were always so pleasant and... Yeah. Um, they're great places to be. So yep, they're all must be the anti IHOP. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I I won't say the food's great. I think it's <laughs> it's good and it's hot and it's inexpensive mm-hmm. and it's a place that you're you know well lighted and clean and the waitresses are nice mm-hmm. and yeah. So yay Waffle House. Yeah. <laughs> so so anything else we want to say about 2019? Hmm. <laughs> It went fast. It did, didn't it? Did. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's move on to the best of the decade. So um, anybody want to start us out with uh, films of the decade? For the last 10 years, what was your favorite film? Or Not necessarily a favorite, <laughs> but since I, in the last segment, mentioned Leonardo DiCaprio, I'll okay. mention another Leonardo DiCaprio film that I wasn't expecting a lot going in, but really enjoyed it. Um, even though, again, it wouldn't be everybody's taste. Wolf of Wall Street. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. such a good movie. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. That's, I think that was the film where I kind of changed my opinion of him. So, yeah, he moved up a couple notches. Yeah. I, I will always watch his movies, though, because I feel yeah. like he's really thoughtful. I know, mm-hmm. yeah. He doesn't just make whatever movie comes across the page, whatever, you know? Yeah, he's not scared to put himself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. <laughs> The only movie that would, could come to mind, because I, I didn't want to like just go and look at lists and, and I'm like, oh, I should be able to remember something from the last 10 years, um, was Inside Out. Oh, <laughs> and maybe it's because yeah. I have kids. Sure. I don't know. But that uh, that's one of the movies that... It, it made an impact with, with my kids. Like, we were we saw it in the theater, and it, it, it's, it sends a very strong message, a very important message about it's okay to be sad. And, um, you know, as a society, like, we tell our kids that you have to, like, fake it and keep going, and sometimes you can't, you know? And yeah. so it was really, it was, it like I said, it made an impact with my kids for sure, with my oldest. Um, and we still watch it. I mean, <laughs> we own it, and we, it'll just, like, can't find it. Okay, let's pop let's it in, let's watch it. Out, so. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to nominate um, just all of Wes Anderson's films. <laughs> uh, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, mm-hmm. The Grand Budapest Hotel, mm-hmm. and Isle of Dogs. Um, so it's just one of, his films are just like this this great little art thing and I just I, I, I love them. I'm so happy when a, a new one comes out. Mm-hmm. So. It's like if you go to an art gallery and it's animated oh, yeah. and everything's yeah. 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 Very carefully put together. And the music and just everything. Mm-hmm. Moonrise Kingdom is the top of my yeah. 2010s list. And I also just a couple to mention a couple others is um, I love Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. <laughs> Sing Street. Um, and then the yeah. opposite of probably all those three is um, Hell or High Water. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that was, was a very, very good movie. Pretty dark, yes. yep. but yep. Um, about a couple of brothers who uh, decide to hold up a bank to save mm-hmm. the the family farm or ranch, and uh, things don't go so well. Possibly too much information, but my <laughs> water broke when I was watching that <laughs> oh. movie. <laughs> it was Hell that good. Yeah. I was What's very your, excited about one? it. <laughs> It's like 2015 or yeah. so. But, yeah, that uh, w- whatever year it was, it was my favorite film of the year. So okay. if you haven't had a chance to see yeah, that. Yeah, I have not um, seen that one. Great script. Okay. Um, I saw at least some of it, right? I saw all, until the last 10 minutes. Okay. okay. <laughs> and we were at home, thankfully. Jeff Bridges was amazing um, yeah. in it. And, um, yeah, very, very good. I was going to say um, Boyhood was my favorite yeah, film of the decade. Um, For sure. Just Amazing that it was even done and that it yeah. was completed. Mm-hmm. You know, f- filmed over I think twelve years, um, but watching especially the kids age and grow up, it makes me kind of emotional to even think about watching the movie again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's just it's just a beautiful film. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah, agree. Um, I guess I'll continue sort of plugging for movies that are a little more lowbrow. <laughs> That's all right. I honestly think my favorite movie of the decade was Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. It was, was just one. in terms of yeah. having 
an experience in the theater that was just completely sure. anxiety-inducing the entire <laughs> time. Agreed. It's just, it's so beautiful. Like, he released the black and white version, mm. and it's really a stunning, stunning movie. Okay. I think it's really good. We yeah. just watched some of it last night, randomly, because it huh. was on again, and you can keep watching it. And mm-hmm. the design of the vehicles is, mm-hmm. like, the best part for me. That's so yeah. cool. Hmm. And it was all practical. Like, they crashed all of those cars <laughs> in the desert. Yeah. I appreciate that film, but um, I can't say I exactly enjoyed it. I got sick of seeing the guy hanging there playing guitar. The guitar. <laughs> I was really excited every time I saw him. I know. I was I, like, yeah, there's a guy. Is he going to make it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I, will, I will throw out, uh, since we're still talking films, I had a separate short list of my favorite documentaries. Oh, oh sure. Okay. Yeah. And I think of all of them that have stuck with me, uh, I, I named five, but um, Marin Call, and then there was a live-action Steve Carell like, oh, mm, yes. feature mm-hmm. movie that I guess was terrible. So but the documentary is the great. The documentary is fantastic about mm-hmm. the guy who copes with a traumatic brain injury by photographing um, his imaginary World War II scenes. Um, and there's more to the story oh, than yeah. that. I don't want, want to spoil it, but that, mm-hmm. that's a great film. And we have it here at Madison College <laughs> Library. <so. laughs> we, can all, we can check it out if we haven't seen it. Um, I was just looking at your list while you were talking about it, and They Shall Not Grow Old yeah. was a really, really amazing documentary. I think it should be mentioned. Yeah. Agreed. It was. It, and did you see the making of it? I did. Uh, we stuck around afterwards okay, yeah. while they went into how Peter Jackson just approached all of these people randomly right. <laughs> and said, "Can I use your footage?" Right. Yeah. And then the the people that did the sound and yeah, that all was, the care that was put into it was really impressive. love and care. Yes, definitely. All right. Does anybody else want to start us off on a new topic? With I had a lot here, so if anybody feels strongly about... Something we don't usually talk about yes. is video games. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. And I had yes. to put my two cents in for um, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, which came out in 2011. Okay. And I played it probably more than anybody else I know. <laughs> I don't play a lot of video games, but when I find one that I like, I kind of go crazy and spend a lot of time. Um, but again, just beautifully designed game and very easy to lose yourself in dungeons for hours Mm -hmm. but just really well done i think anybody would say that even people who maybe aren't that interested in video games Mm -hmm. so but do you play a stealth archer no (laughs) no (laughs) i'm not good at stealth i'm a magic user and a sword. Sword in one hand and magic in the other is usually how I like to do it. <laughs> That's a good loadout. <laughs> All right. Well, since we're going to talk video games, yes. and this is probably, I, you know, you described Skyrim as beautifully done and probably, um, like, really well choreographed. So this is maybe not to that level, but, um, and... Uh, not maybe not so widely popular, but Pokemon Go. Okay, um, yeah. you know we are we were early adopters, and we still play uh, as a family. Um, uh, it's you know it's tough in the winter because you don't get out and walk around, but we do a lot of camping um, in the summer, and having this game sort of gets our kids to go on long hikes, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, and it is sort of come a long way. There's a lot of different layers to it now, um, things you have to keep track of even. And um, so maybe not so sophisticated as, as um, other, like, online gaming. Um, this is obviously uh, mobile device-based, um, but it is still up there for us. So, <laughs> Well, how about, I'm just interested, does anybody have a favorite cultural moment? Hmm. <laughs> That was hard. It seems like there yeah. should be many for ten years, but well, uh, I, and I'm gonna I'll, I'll go with mine. Um, all the great uh, Game of Thrones moments mm. and the discussions that we had in the workroom. Wow, I think that was yeah. just such a fun part of uh, you know experiencing Game of Thrones, even though it, it didn't end like I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I thoroughly enjoyed talking to everybody about it. and uh, A very big part of our day-to-day for the last <laughs> 10 or however many years it was on. So. Sure. 
Yeah. Well, I think so, it, yeah. it debuted in 2011. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I didn't start watching it till 2015, I think. Yeah, we were so. late to the game, too. Yeah. So. Late the to game the Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, any, anybody have any uh, other Game of Thrones uh, opinions? Is <laughs> a cultural phenomenon. I mean, it's the most popular television show in, in the world. Yeah. I mean, it was a phenomenon. I yep. watched the first couple of seasons and then I sort of fell off. But I mean, then I also was one of the people going to HBO to watch the final episode because mm-hmm. you just had to right. know, had to know mm-hmm. how yeah. it was going You're going to find end. out anyway, so you yeah. might as well watch it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, any other topic. I also think it's kind of interesting in the last decade to look at how we get our shows yes. now because yeah. Yeah. sure a lot of us had Netflix in 2010 but I'm thinking a lot of us probably still got DVDs yeah. too. Um, and some people at this table still do. Some people at this table <laughs> yeah, still get do. DVDs. We do. Yeah. I, I yes. am too lazy for that. Well, well you know, there's there's quite a few films that you can't watch streaming. I so can imagine. You it's might true. as well just, you know, yeah, stick with and it. And if I did my homework still to the level to say I want to watch all these things, then yeah. I would probably still be still getting, getting the DVDs. Yeah. But um, the way that I mean Netflix in particular is producing things now is really interesting too. Um, one of my favorite shows of the last few years is definitely Stranger Things. I know you yes. have it on your list too, Matt. Yeah. Um, that is a good one. And just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So I'd say the big downside about that is trying to keep up with mm-hmm. what is on where. Totally. Yeah. When is this new thing that? coming out? It's, it's, it's like, it's that fire hose metaphor again, but but there's 12 different fire hoses and you don't know which direction they're supposed to be pointing. And Yeah, I agree. And a lot gets lost in the shuffle that you might really enjoy, too. Yeah. So. Well, and I just want to mention for television series, I think uh, Downton Abbey had a mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. impact on the culture. Um, it pretty much saved PBS. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it probably shows like The Crown and Victoria wouldn't even have come out um, if Very it hadn't true. been. Yeah. Which I, I think those are actually kind of better shows. Yes. But, um, I, you know, I I still love uh, Downton and uh, mm-hmm. I love the, the film that just came out. I thought it was great. I was just going to ask, have you seen? Because I have not seen yeah. the film and I am a Downton Abbey. Yeah. It's, it's very good. Yeah. Cool. Amazing shots of the tableware. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) For TV shows, um, I wanted to, I guess, nominate or put out there uh, The Good Place. It's not quite finished, so it's going to go slightly past the decade. But I think just in terms of shows that just unrelentingly push a position of being kind Mm -hmm. to people, I think the emphasis of that has been really important over the decades while it's been airing. And I think it has walked a really fine line between being really hilarious and also teaching you a lot about philosophy, which is a okay. hard tightrope to walk. You know, I still haven't seen it, but it seems like each year it's been on, it just keeps getting more and more really good buzz. Mm. And um, yeah, I uh, looking at things for this podcast, um, it's shown up on a lot of um, lists mm. uh, for the... I'm a recent convert and I, okay. yeah, I love it. I mean, okay. just finishing season two, and it's one of the better things I've watched in really in the last ten years. It has a weird kind of juxtaposition between being very wacky and very very deep at the same time. Exactly, but it's funny too. So yeah, it is good. For me, for television, I'm going to nominate a couple of shows uh, that both started on AMC and started actually at the end of the last decade, but went well into this decade, uh, Breaking Bad and Mad Men. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. They, I mean, they've kind of changed the way that TV was made, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Love well, and, and to piggyback on that, of course, Better Call Saul. True, yes. <laughs> if I threw out a few um, less well-known, I would say, um, did anybody discuss... Mrs. Maisel yet? No, not yet. No, but that's yes. that's such a great it's show. There, yeah. um, talk about fun to watch. I mean, yes, there's, it there's is. nothing <laughs> depressing about that one. Not really. Not no. not too much. Um, but I would say some of the ones that I've really enjoyed. Um, it's been over for a while, but Justified. 
Oh yeah. The Fargo series is the sure. series is. Yep. Um, although it was a little confusing at first because they they went with that whole this is a true story thing and it was confusing because it was obviously not a true story. But <laughs> um, the Americans I really loved. Yeah. Um, very small, quirky series, Dairy Girls. Sure. Um, oh yeah. Very short seasons, but a lot of fun. Key and Peele, The Crown. Russian Doll, if anybody hasn't watched that on Netflix, that's a fantastic. I think it's going to have another season, but it's the first season's really well done. All right. What about um, sporting events? For me, it's easy. Uh, the most <laughs> memorable uh, sporting event in the middle of the decade was uh, Wisconsin beating Kentucky in an NCAA sure. semifinal. Yep. I wish I could have been there in person, but... Mm. Uh, well, I'm not a big sports fan, but I do have a, a highlight of the decade for me. I was at a Milwaukee Bucks game, and they were. I was sitting there reading my book, <laughs> and they were 25 points behind. Who were they playing? I forgot. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right. And they were about 25 points behind, and all of a sudden, I just felt this shift of energy in the arena, and they just start like hitting these three-pointers, and it was just... The craziest, everybody was on their feet, mm-hmm. and I was just, I put my book down, I was like, <laughs> man, I was just like, yes, you can do it. And it was really great, and they ended up winning by a couple of points. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah, but the most exciting fourth quarter ever for mm-hmm. me. And <laughs> yeah, they were down by more than 20 mm-hmm. entering the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. It was amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else have a great sports moment? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. And any of the, anybody have any other? How about um, books? Oh, I, did we do books? Oh, no. we did not. Okay. Books, books. <laughs> uh, for me, um, during the decade, and it's going back earlier in the decade, my favorite book of the decade was um, All the Light We Cannot See. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, how, how, how long ago did that come out? 2013, 14, it, yeah. somewhere around there. It was earlier in the right. decade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful book. Agreed. Mm. Well, I'm going to say the Song of Ice and Fire series <laughs> that <laughs> kind of took over my world for a while. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, Released within the decade, I really enjoy um, Sarah Grant's uh, Claire DeWitt series. She has three books in the series. Um, she's an author that publishes very sporadically. Um, but whatever she does, I read it. Um, mm. And this is a mystery series, but again, kind of like I mentioned something that's mystery, but you don't have to like mysteries to read it. Um, just very unconventional main character, and um, I really like them, and I can't wait for her to continue releasing them. All right. I really liked Silence of the Girls, which oh, came nice. out last year. I think it's by Pat Barker. I'm not... Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a feminist retelling of the Iliad, but it's a oh, lot okay. less dry than that sounds. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, oh. Uh, I was expecting it to be one of those books that I read because I was supposed to, because people were saying good okay. things about it, mm-hmm. but I was completely hooked. I couldn't put it down until it was over. It was really fantastic. All right. All right. So, um, unless anybody else has anything to add, I think we should move on to uh, trivial observations with Mark. I will. I will add Uh, just one thing that I don't know if anybody has worst movies of the decade. Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) But these are movies I actually paid to see, which were terrible. (laughs) Um, One because a a particular movie wasn't playing when I actually thought it was, and I went to the theater and I saw The House with Amy Poehler and Will Ferrell. Oh dear! Where they ran a gambling Mm. den in their own house and was awful. (laughs) Friends with Kids, which starred Jennifer Garner and um, uh, Paul Rudd, that was really bad. And I didn't pay to see all the Hobbit movies, but they were pretty terrible. Yeah, really disappointing. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't agree, but okay, that's all right. Any anybody else have any terrible movies they've seen? Mm. <laughs> I know you hated The Lobster. 
You're right. I Thank you for reminding me that. I, I, I had a like headache it. when I left because I guess <laughs> I was just hating so hard on it. And it's, it has one of my favorite uh, actors, uh, Colin Farrell. And yeah, same. He could not save that film. It was terrible. It was just too weird. It was too weird and just too dumb. And yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Thank you for yeah. that reminder. <laughs> I tried to put it out of my mind. That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess a, a film that um, I was hoping to like more that I personally was really disappointed in was Melancholia. Oh, that was um, terrible. Kirsten Dunst yeah. about the end of the world with another planet crashing into. Oh, yeah. um, mm, agreed. That was it terrible. Was, well, you know, a lot of people loved it, and it, it, oh. went, it was on a lot of best lists. And the closing scene where um, um, the the boy is told that you know if we just uh, hunker down in this magic tent, we'll be okay. It's supposed to be a fulfilling scene, but I'm thinking, <laughs> how stupid is this kid? There's a planet that's about to hit Earth. <laughs> so, would it really but, matter if you're in a tent or in a I, concrete yeah, building if a planet was going to hit it Earth? It just yeah. doesn't matter. So, anyway, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that. that our Raspberry Award there. <laughs> All right. So. All right. Uh, this week's trivia is with the 2010 um, decade, and uh, there are 10 questions for each of the 10 years in the decade. All right. 2010. This malicious computer worm, first uncovered Ooh. in the year 2010, was the first known worm to infect a power grid. And I'll give you a clue that the power grid was in uh, Iran. Is it Stuxnet? It is. Oh, good. Awesome. Good, good, Very good. Well, well done. done. Huh. Wow. Impressed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2011. This team joins the Big Ten Conference, but are rudely welcomed when they are walloped by Wisconsin in football. Rutgers? Not Rutgers. Maryland. 2011. Uh-huh. Not Maryland? Not Maryland either. Must be Nebraska. It was, it was Nebraska, yeah. <laughs> 2012. Name the author of this tweet. I'm safely on the surface of Mars. Gail Crater, I am in you. Uh, the, the little, the rover, the Mars rover? Very good. Okay. The Mars Curiosity <laughs> rover. Uh, yeah. 2013. This person was quoted in an interview saying, I'm just another guy who sits there day-to-day in an office, watches what happens, and goes, this is something that's not our place to decide. The public needs to decide whether these programs and policies are right or wrong. Mm, hmm. Would that be Scott Walker? Not Scott Walker. <laughs> mm. No idea. Yeah. Is it a politician? Not a politician. Not a politician. Oh, okay. Um, this is so- hmm. not something that is our place to decide. The public needs to decide whether these programs uh, and policies are right Zuckerberg? Not Zuckerberg. Okay. I was thinking like journalists, but... Oh. I think um, you'll kick yourselves collectively when... Okay. Oh, okay. Great. Um, <laughs> okay. Edward Snowden? Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. 2014... In an interview with a New Yorker, this company's CEO, Elizabeth Holmes, promised a groundbreaking blood testing technology that didn't quite live up to its promises. Theranos. Very good. Uh-huh. Also a wonderful book that came out this year. And it's a great documentary and a podcast. The podcast has a little more information because it came out later. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. What a strange, strange story. Uh-huh. 2015. In an interview with Stephen Colbert, Elon Musk said, this is the fastest way to make Mars livable for humans. This is the fastest way to make Mars livable for humans? Yeah, he mentioned a specific strategy for making Mars livable for humans. Oh, um, Set up Wi-Fi? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. Electric cars. <laughs> uh, his suggestion, and apparently was serious, was to drop thermonuclear weapons over oh, the poles. Right. Oh, oh yeah. and make it, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> 2016. A couple of days after the presidential election, this social media CEO was quoted as saying that it was crazy to think fake news on his platform influenced the election. Zuckerberg. That would be Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. 
2017. The Oscar for Best Picture was initially announced as La La Land, but after the cast and crew of the film got on stage, it was announced it was a mistake, and this film won instead. Moonlight, Moonlight yeah. So awkward. Yeah. I just felt the pain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were very gracious, though. I, I, I think they did well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 2018. This country allows women to drive for the first time. Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Correct. And finally, 2019, Goodreads, a social media reading app that came about in the mid-2010s, invites its users to rate books. For the decade of the 2010s, for a point each, try to name any of the top ten rated books. And I will give you a clue that uh, think young adult and think series books. Sure. You know, Twilight is very big on Goodreads. I don't know if it's highest rated, but it's one of the most read. Harry Potter. And, and I think <laughs> that's the preceding decade. Okay. Um, that could have been, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's and a Harry couple. Potter would have been also the well, preceding the Hunger decade. Games, oh, yeah. Probably. I was thinking uh, yep. uh, Span over, yeah. Mockingjay is okay. in at number three. Okay. Um, the Book Thief? Is that the older? That's not a series, though. Um, no, no, series? it doesn't. Oh, it, it doesn't, doesn't have, have to be. be. Series. Okay. The book thief no, I don't see. No, in the top ten. Actually, Autumn um, at number ten is a book that I'm pretty sure you've mentioned before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you ordered an audio book version That's for the stressful. West Campus Library. <laughs> <laughs> Too much that book you like. <laughs> Do you remember the? One of the audiobooks that you ordered for the West Campus very early on. Ooh, West Campus? No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was you that... I probably have read it if I've ordered it, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Erin um, Morgenstein? Oh, okay. So, um, The Night Circus. Correct. Yes. Oh, okay. A book that I do not like. <laughs> no. All right. Any other... Guesses. If it's young adult, I feel like there has to be at least one book by John Green. Correct. In oh, fact, that would oh. be at the top. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Easily at the top, The Very Fault popular. in Our Stars. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Absolutely. Uh, highest rated. Um, which, th- this list might show you who the biggest users of uh, Goodreads are. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Um, any other guesses? Uh-uh. Otherwise, I'll go through the rest that were yeah. on there. Uh, number nine is a, a book called Cinder. Uh, oh, number mm-hmm. number two, I guess, in the Lamar Chronicles. It was. We do own that one. Yeah, it's a fantasy sci-fi retelling of all of the major fairy tales. So okay. there's Cinderella, and there's Rapunzel, Snow White, and there's Little yeah. Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Okay. And they're like fighting elves on Mars. It's a weird series. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> No, I want to read it. <laughs> yeah. I really like the first one. I would recommend Cinder. I think okay. it's good. All right. Uh, the next one was also uh, part of a series, um, number one in Infernal Devices, Clockwork Angel. Mm. Oh. Mm, don't know that one. Is that Cassandra Clare? It is. Very good. Well done. Um, Ready Player One. Mm. Oh, sure. The Martian. Oh, okay. uh, was yeah. Number five. Number four was Gone Girl. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. Um, we got number three and uh, number one. And number two uh, was Divergent uh, oh, by Roth. No. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And that's Very this good. Week's trivia. So we had the genre right. Just yeah. strong decades. <laughs> so who wants to start off us, uh, with the Anything Goes recommendation? I can start off, and it's sort of related to what I was mentioning about all the uh, how we watch television now, and uh, you know, streaming platforms are the big thing. Um, so I'm going to put a plug out there for Disney Plus. Okay. We were didn't it just start like a yesterday. couple days ago. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. were early adopters. Um, our big driver, though, is the series The Mandalorian. That's the only way to watch it. Okay. Um, so we have not started. Uh, my husband had bowl- bowling last night, so of course we could not start, so I'm really anxious. <laughs> okay. Anxious to start, so I'm really excited about that. All right. Um, anybody else have a anything uh, goes? Sure. I'm actually going to recommend something from the start of the 2010 okay. uh, decade uh, film, 
And I'm recommending it because I was just mentioned in a recent Wired article um, that in retrospect, looking back at David Fincher's 2010 film Social Network, um, is very relevant about Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and everything that's going on now with privacy and um, Mm -hmm. uh, just... The, you know, despite how much he said that it wasn't a, a very good depiction of him, how close uh, Jesse Eisenberg actually was. And it's available for checkout from the Madison College Libraries yet. All right. And, and Jesse Eisenberg is, he is just, every film he does, he just gets better and better. So, all right. Well, I would just like to recommend, um, I wanted to set the record straight because on this very podcast, I had stated that I do not like true crime podcasts. Yeah which still remains to be such a popular topic with podcasts. However, I um, I changed my mind with one called The Clearing. That's what I was going to recommend, Kelly. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's right here on my page. Great minds think alike. Yeah. But um, this drew me in. The thing that drew me in, there is a Wisconsin connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, the woman in, in the podcast, April, I'm probably messing up her last name, Bell Asiko. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, She had always been suspicious of her more than odd father, and she made some connections uh, from her childhood and called the FBI. So (laughs) I won't give much away, but it takes some weird twists and turns, and she's very engaging. That's what drew me in is that there's connections to Watertown, um, and it's pretty interesting. You don't have to like true crime, and I don't feel that it's gory. It's more interesting than anything, so I would really recommend it for anybody who likes Wisconsin history, too. Yeah, and it's also this company that put it, Gimlet. Uh, radio. They've put out a few that are just the really top quality, um, very engaging. So I definitely recommend this, even if you don't like true crime. It's just a good story. There was another podcast I listened to that they did called Sandra recently, oh, okay. and it's kind of like a fictionalized podcast. Okay, and I'd recommend that one too. Okay, great. I guess going off of crime, I'd like to offer a strong but qualified recommendation for the TV show Hannibal, which I've just okay. started rewatching. Oh, rewatching. It's rewatching, okay. yeah. It's from this decade, but earlier. Okay. Um, it ran for three seasons. It's amazingly done. It's beautifully shot. Everything is a metaphor. Something is always oh. going on in the background, and the acting is fantastic. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen plays Hannibal, and it's really phenomenal with, again, the caveat that he's playing Hannibal, so someone is getting eaten every single (laughs) episode. So if that's something that bothers you you or bothers you, it will not be for you, but if it's something, if you've watched Game of Thrones, then this is not worse than that. Not worse than that. All right. And I can't think of anything else but TV. So okay. I had to do such a long TV list for this That's okay. This best of. So I'm going to throw out uh, a show that ended prematurely with its um, fourth season, never got a fifth season, Last Man on Earth with Will Forte okay. and Kristen Schaal. Love Kristen Schaal. It's very silly but very funny, and, um, and there's some guest appearances by actors we all know and love in different seasons, so... And we have the we have the DVDs here now at at uh, okay. at the Trex Library, so you can watch them there. Or I think it's on Hulu at at this juncture. All right. Okay. Well, that wraps it up for us today. Um, for also the year and the decade. So um, thanks, everyone, and thank you, Rachel, for joining us. And hope you can come back. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. The Overdue Podcast is going to be on a hiatus over the holiday break, but we'll be back in early February. Um, And the Overdue Podcast is a production of the Madison College Libraries and the Student Achievement Centers. Take care, happy holidays, and see you next year. (laughs) 